Welcome to Two Cents FC. I'm your host, Amobio Kugo, with my guy, L. back at it again. I know you guys missed us. Um, we missed last week, obviously, um, everything going on. But we are back better than ever. Each week, we'll be discussing topics from around the soccer world and giving you our unfiltered thoughts and opinions. This week, we're joined by Steve Bailey, founder of Non-League America, Yakuba Niandu, owner and head coach of Goldsboro Strikes, Strike Eagles FC, and Jamisa Johnson, podcaster turned filmmaker at Peace Living Films. We'll be discussing getting to know non-league America and Goldsboro Strike Eagles FC and discussing the documentary they all worked on together. Uh, it's going to be jam-packed. we got a lot of people on our podcast, on our show, and I'm, I'm for one, and really excited. So um, pleasure to meet all you guys. Thank you guys for joining us. Um, it took a while for us to get situated, but uh, here we are now. Um, Thank so, you for having us. Uh, no, no problem. So the first question we ask for any like people that come on the show is like, um, when did you fall in love with soccer? Uh, we want to start with you, Steve. Um, you, you know, I played soccer as a kid, you know, starting at a little late, like probably 12 or so. Um, right around that World Cup 94 time, I'm 39. So that was like my first exposure. And then I was always kind of like, keeping in touch with it from a arm's length, I guess, over the years. But then um, during the unemployment stint in like um, 2008 at the bottom of the recession, I, did, I had a lot of time on my hands and just spent a lot of time watching Fox Soccer Channel. And so, you know, watching these games uh, from like the USL game of the week and things like that on the old Fox Soccer Channel, the FA Cup games, I was just struck by like those small stadiums and uh you know packed in crowds and it's like wow there's like a really different energy to this um something that i'm not too familiar with and i don't know exactly how to place it so i just started researching and looking into that and um it took a couple years for me to be able to get out to games because at that time coming off that unemployment stint i got back on my feet selling cars one thing about selling cars is you can make some money, but you just live at the dealership, right? So I'm just yeah. there like Saturday, Sunday, every week. So I could never go to any games. So during that time, it was just a lot of planning. And then after I was able to kind of move beyond that in my personal life, um, I, in 2011, it sort of freed me up to start going to games. And I had this idea. I've been reading these ground hopping blogs of English uh, ground hoppers, like people that go try to go to as many different fields as possible and stadiums. And um, so I was like, all right, I didn't see anything, anybody doing that in the United States. So let me just start one. And I'm, I'm going to try to go to 100 games at all levels in a year. And I ended up going to like 35 games. But it was enough to put me in a lot of different places and meet a lot of different people. And a lot of get a lot of quizzical looks like why am I here but it just I just fell into the rabbit hole and, and just started snowballing from there uh, that's amazing now what about you Yukuba? hey um as far as I'm concerned you know I like I like people here in America it's 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 our life you know when when you're born in Africa um that's that's pretty much the the, the first sport that you come in contact with, um, right. you, you know, we, we don't, we don't wait to see soccer on, on TV or we don't wait to see soccer on, on stadiums and stuff, you know, as, as you walk out of your house, the only thing you wait for is that ball to come out from somebody's, <laughs> you know what I'm talking about, I'm uh, yeah. you know, it's, it's something that we, we come in contact with, you know, the, you know, the first time we, we step outside and, you know, when do we fall in love with this from the day we start playing it? Like this, you know, since our childhood and it's something that we actually get in contact with pretty, pretty, pretty early. Um, uh, unlike, unlike other countries. And I, I say, you know, beside Brazil, I don't think there's anywhere where you actually come uh, fairly quick in contact with soccer than in, than in Africa. Um, because we don't require kids, we don't require balls. Sometimes we, 
we, we, you know, I remember times where we actually played soccer with, you know, some socks all balled on together. And that was, that's what, that's what our ball was. So, yeah. so fell in love from the day, you know, day one, day one that, um, we were able to you know, pretty much walk, I would say. Oh, that's amazing. And how about you, Jamisa? Um, actually, Steve introduced me to soccer. Um, I started like shooting a bunch of different other stuff. And Steve was like, Steve was in um, Delaware, it's a Delaware club out there, Verify FC. And he was like, did you ever play soccer before? And I was like, no. He was like, come on. And I was like, all right. And then <laughs> he hired me to do the, to film the game and then ask the question. And I also was um, catering food at the uh, soccer game as well. So what I've grown to love about soccer, I think after like filming it and and watching the games, I think I love the the aggression and the teamwork. Um, you have to be at the right place at the right time. So I actually applied that to life while watching as well. So yeah, that's what I love about soccer. No, that's amazing. I think it was really interesting to, you know, see how you guys all connected because when L, you know, you know, did the show notes and I was like, wait, how does all these, how does everyone know each other? Um, so how do you guys, how, how did everyone get connected? That's what I want to know. So I connected with Jamisa because I was a major fan of her podcast. Mm -hmm. So I've been listening to the church for the wild podcast that she's a co-host of for years and religiously and just like it really struck a chord with me on a lot of levels um her and her co-host nerd nash and um you know her brother molly and the former co-host uh ron and so i just have spent hours of my life listening to this podcast which just stuck to really struck me on a cultural level um being kind of like a overall culture podcast through the lens of like hip hop culture, but not strictly sticking to music, but just lifestyle. Um, and so that being, in, knowing about the podcast and then, um, I was always talking about, I was working and filming and editing all the time. So I guess Steve like checked out my work. Yep. Check out the work. And then at the same time through Non-League America, I had been interested in supporter ownership and some of the stuff that Bear Fight FC was talking about. And so that's why I was like, okay, she's got great camera skills and a perspective. And these guys have a story that I want to tell. Let's just link them all together. And at the time, as Jamisa mentioned, she was also doing the Honey's um, catering service. So I'm thinking, okay, if she's not convinced by the paid work shooting the videos, maybe she'll be convinced by adding on the uh, the, the catering opportunity with the, the Honey's Cocina and the selling the tacos at the game. So I just kind of pitched it all to her and said, you know, I'm interested in coming up there from Atlanta and uh, coming up to Delaware and making this documentary because I was looking for a professional videographer. I had been making these docs like an iMovie. I had the concept but i didn't have the execution that i wanted and i needed a professional and so that's what linked me up with jamisa and then as far as goldsboro goes i used to live in uh new Bern and kinston in 2005 and 2006 which is out there in eastern north carolina i used to sell radio advertising and i used to also manage rappers and um i used to just be out there on Highway 70, my sales territory was Goldsboro, Newburn, Kinston. So I'd be up and down this kind of lonely stretch of highway in eastern North Carolina, because I went to college in North Carolina and I spent like seven years down there from like 99 to 06. So um, I had that connection with that community and I knew that people were really passionate about their local sports, about basketball in Kinston, has a really unique culture. There's a new documentary that's out now about that. One out of every 50 players at Kinston High School makes the NBA. It's got the highest hit rate in the in the world for professional basketball. And they have like these five different independent gyms separate from the school that like kids are just playing at 24 seven. Um, so they have this kind of different culture out there. And I knew that it didn't have a, well, at the time, it didn't have a big soccer culture um, back in 05, 06. But I was 
as you know, 10 years later, as I'm looking for things to pop up, I always have my eye on that region because of my personal connections. And I'm thinking if somebody can just harness some of that culture um, and that local pride and carve out a niche for soccer, that would really be something. So when I saw first, it was Levi pop up in Greenville. Um, and then I saw Goldsboro pop up. It just was really exciting. And I started conversations with both of those clubs and I knew that it was something that I wanted to to highlight. And I didn't even know about all the, I was hoping that there'd be some great stories like Goldsboro's involvement in the school system and, and you know, bringing access for opportunities for black kids to play soccer um, in a unique way that just isn't there for in a lot of other communities. But I didn't know that when I first approached the topic. I first approached the topic just off that Goldsboro lens. And then it all came together just so beautifully. It was like fate. No, it's really amazing how like everyone's synergy came into uh, fruition. And, you know, for you, uh, Yukuba, can you talk about like the motivation behind starting a club? You know, a lot of people want to, but you actually went and did it. And from what the from what we were hearing, it's like you have a big mission behind it. So talk about, you know, how you got it started and like your grand vision for it. Hey, well, I'm going to start by saying that, you know, as you know, you, you know, when we, um, when we set our mind on things, we, we're really passionate about it as, you know, as African. Um, one of the, one of the main reasons why I thought that it was really important to bring a club here in Ghostboy, it actually kind of link up to what uh, Steve, would, you know, Steve was talking about. Um, this is, this is the Southern part of the, the U S and uh, there's, there's a, there's a sense of pride in a lot of things that we do around here. Um, like baseball, for example, he talked about the example of Kingston. So around here, it's a lot of baseball. It's a lot of basketball. Um, there, there were no soccer at all. Uh, there's a lot of kids, um, you know, you, if you look at in the Hispanic population, in the, the black, you know, population, in, in, in the Caucasian population, there's a lot of kids that do have the ability and the talent to actually uh, get to 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 some high levels we have kids uh that because of goldsboro strike eagles we have to actually get to college level so so that's that's already something that you know you know it would have not been done if they didn't have that platform so when we when we when we first started we actually um wanted to field uh teams uh, that would play in the youth level uh, but you know, with the politics of soccer, um, you cannot have youth teams uh, for uh, you know. For let me let me put it this way: it's kind of complicated to have youth teams. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> let me put it that way. Yeah. So so we we scaled it up so we can actually start from the 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 the, the top down. So what we did is just went ahead and created a you know, a, 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 an adult club, which most of the kids, they are high school kids if you watch the documentary. So it's not really an adult. It's kind of like, it's kind of just like a platform to make sure that we put these kids in, on, on that pedestal where they can have some kind of look, somebody to see them somewhere and say, hey, look, I can do something with this kid and then go from there. Um, the expectation is that it would trickle down that you know to the point where we'll be able to do something for the younger group issue mm-hmm. uh we wait and see but um like pretty much you know uh growing up you know watching players like rashidi yakini and yeah. you know the, the super eagles you know and 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 you know all these good teams around you know and, and having been a player myself and you know had to leave the game because of injury. Uh, you know, I played. I played in the U seventeen national team, but that was the last thing that happened to me. And as you know, back home, there's not a lot of finances involved in soccer. Well, I don't know. In my side, people most of the time volunteer, and it's and it's it's. I want to give some. That's that's what you see the most. People give a lot you know, not in the expectation of getting something back. And I just, I just, unfortunately, or I'll say fortunately, just have that, that, that 
kind of spirit, that kind of thinking that, look, growing up, I didn't have to pay a coach to teach me what he did. I didn't have to uh, do anything for him to do all that he did for me to, you know, to 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 have enjoyed it the way I did. So I, it's my turn back. Oh, that's really amazing. And uh, Jamisa, so because you're not coming from a sports perspective, but you're, you know, you're bringing this story to life. Can you talk about it from your eyes and like how you see non-league America um, shape your view of sport, specifically soccer, um, with all the work that you guys are doing behind this documentary and behind the art of this storytelling? Um, honestly, I kind of just, it comes with repetition when it comes to like putting the story together. I like for it to make sense and for it to be easy on the eyes for people to watch and everything and not to get lost into it. Um, as far as like coming together with non-league America, Steve really just, I put it together and then Steve just critique it and then I just go from there. So it's, it's mostly like a, a team effort. He tell me where to go and then I just go there and film it and come up with questions and everything and they just go from there. No, that's amazing. So for you, um, because, you know, Steve and Yukuba are, are they're like, they grew up on soccer. Um, but for you, as someone that's new to soccer, documenting this, have you, like, learned anything or has it, like, brought you closer to soccer in any way? Yes, it definitely did brought me closer to soccer. Honestly, I wish that I would at least try it when I was younger. Like, um, it's a lot. It's a lot with it when it's, as far as, like, hold on one second. Um, as far as like the game, I learned the defense and offense and all of that pretty much. Oh, that's amazing. So, uh, Steve, like, obviously you're bringing more awareness to soccer, you know, through this documentary, you know, starting your own league. So ultimately what's your mission, you know, and like, can you dive in? Um, cause I feel like you're the linchpin in all this, like, What's this docu series um, mean in terms of building a brand? And yeah, so my mission is to create fundamental change in the American soccer system. Um, you know, my goal is I'm a pretty uh, vociferous promotion relegation advocate, open system advocate, <laughs> but I would say that I got. I get tired of like the Twitter trolls and people who just kind of spout off opinions, but don't really do anything about it. So my goal was to do something, to make something and to create, like I work in advertising and I'm a strategist. So um, it's my job to do research, deep dives and prove you know, opportunities out, like the brand should play in this space. You know what I mean? So yeah. when I, I look at all the, the talking points about promotion and relegation and the open system, and my job is to create content that proves out the case of and tells the story of the real people whose, you know, opportunities for building equity in independent clubs is being robbed by this, you know, cartel of a, of a soccer system that operates in the United States. Um, so, but rather than just keep it there and just rail against soccer United marketing and stuff like that, let's build it. Let's actually put the work in to build it up from the ground up. Let's create these connections in communities and let's showcase these communities where connections are already being created to say that, hey, this is the alternative. These clubs, you know, there's a club here in Chicago called Morelia of Chicago, and they get like between 1,000 and 4,000 fans out to every game, all Latino. Uh, but this club's historic. It's been here in Chicago since 1969, you know, and there's, there's clubs like that all over this country. Not, not all that size, but there's a significant number that are that size, tournaments, you know, um, so if we can get the scale um, and bring in a brand partner, that's my goal, to really get behind this, who would align with that platform, somebody like Puma, you know, somebody who might be locked out of a contract with, say, you know, some, 
but willing to uh, plan a stake for the players, for the communities, um, and and to do it at scale. So I have a I have a spreadsheet with over you know now it's up to over 250 different clubs, tournaments, um, opportunities that would make for you know compelling stories. Everything from the the um, Madam Juicy tournament down with the, the Haitians in South Florida, um, you know, the uh, up in St. Paul, Minnesota, they have the Hmong tournament, that uh, Hmong Freedom Festival. Like I have, I've done years of research compiling this kind of database of the soccer underground. And so my hope is to bring in a brand who will like unleash that at scale. So we could do like have multiple non-League America trucks like I have um wrapped and multiple teams of like multiple jamisas editors small nimble teams of uh, you know like an interviewer an editor and a videographer um who would travel the country and cover you know different from those cultures that they're covering that would be the ideal um to have like insider perspective do documentaries in every different language that these clubs speak and then translate them with subtitles like just have this build this kind of super copa 90 of specifically of united states independent soccer clubs no that's amazing that's a, to hear yeah see that's, uh, a, that's a good segue i'm sorry sorry to yeah you well that's um, okay El. that's okay i know what i wanted to add is that you know guys like stevens are like like really pioneers um you 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 think you 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 think about it i sitting down today is because of him, you know, trying to link um, uh, his passion of making sure that non-league football is known out here in the U.S. Um, with you know supporting you know little clubs like we are and 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 and, and you know uh, you know workers like Jamisha. I mean, it 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 takes somebody having a vision to do that. And I sitting down today uh, talking to an elite like a movie. Uh, I mean, I mean, I mean, let's call it that way because you've played in the MLS, you in the USL championship. So, so you, you know, it, it, it links up, you know, from non-league America to a little club like Goldsboro to, uh, um, 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 uh, an independent, um, uh, cinematographer like Jamisha to us being on two cents FC and whatnot. Maybe, maybe, maybe a movie would take us somewhere. You know, it's it's amazing. I, I really respect the work that Stephen, you know, Stephen is doing. Um, you know, it's um, like I said, he's a pioneer in what he's doing, and uh, I, I can't, you know, I can't put in words how how we grateful for people like him, and how we uh, we thankful for being at least, you know, able to sit down and have a conversation, you know. Um, viewers being able to see things about you know other people trying to do stuff for soccer um uh, i mean it, it's just amazing like you guys said it, it is now you bring up a great point thank you so much for the kind words but i think what you know two cents sports and two cents fc specifically with this show you know we want to find the pioneers you know a lot of people on twitter like steve said complain complain uh have all these answers but you know, with you guys, you know, providing solutions and even Jamisa taking a chance, you know, going from podcasting to, you know, doing films now in the soccer space, the sports you didn't know about, you know, starting your own league, um, starting your own team. These are all examples of, you know, people taking advantage of the platform they have and growing the game of soccer because, you know, I've played from youth club to uh, competitive to ODP to residency to national team to first division, second division, uh, men's league, I've done all it, all of it, but the reason why I've been able to do it is for guys like you, um, um, Steve, Yakuba, um, and ladies like Jamisa, because you guys have taken a chance and sacrifice. So um, commendable for what you guys are doing, and it, it's a pleasure to have you guys on. Pleasure to be here. And I want to back up a little bit because Steve was getting into something juicy that I wanted to touch <laughs> on. Um, so with he's you trying, being he's in market- to ruffle some feathers. No, no, not even that. So with you being in marketing advertising, I want to know, and you, and you kind of touched on it a little bit as you were explaining, but I want to, and I know you've probably thought about this, so I want to get your vision on 
so so say say you're in some place right yeah you know um and you were tasked with growing you know the nisas and the usls up to mls level like what are some things that you would do to kind of elevate these leagues well i mean aligning with global standards is number one and getting rid of the uh owner wealth requirements so that you know anybody with some money and a vision look you can't just you can't be a broke boy and just start a club at any level like you got to have some money but you know there's a lot of wiggle room between broke and 10 million right so there's a lot of normal people with some money successful people who just don't have a place a reasonable place for them to invest that money and build a club and have any expectation that they could make money in this game because of the way it's structured. So, you know, if it's something as simple as um, aligning with uh, trading compensation and solidarity payments so that a club like Goldsboro Strike Eagles could develop some players, sell them to a bigger club, get some money. It's not always about 70 million for Pulisic. It's about 20 grand for, you know, this kid out of Goldsboro to go to another club and to create pipelines like that and profit motives um, for clubs to do that. And that's how it works everywhere in the world, you know, like except for like three countries, right? That is how it works. More money are flow is flowing in that system than in, in some countries than in others, but even like taking it to Africa, like, you know, clubs are selling players, you know, across internationally in Africa and out of Africa into Europe and domestically in clubs. Like that's just how the sport works. So aligning with international norms would allow us to create a market where it doesn't exist. And you see that American investors see that market because even today I was looking at Twitter and seeing what Ryan Reynolds investing in Wrexham AFC, which is, you know, was in the fourth or fifth tier of, of English football. So it's like there's American money going in finding those gaps that could be opened domestically that the system just doesn't allow. Why can't somebody who wants to invest 500000 find a reasonable place to try and turn that 500,000 into a million, a hundred thousand into 250. Um, you know, it's possible in an open system. It's just not possible the way it is here. So, you know, like I said, proof of concept in creating those, creating the proof that this, that the interest is there, you know, people with the interest against opening the system, I think want to create a narrative that it's just because people don't care about soccer. It's just because the interest isn't there. But all the research that you do shows that people are interested, um, but there's no place for that interest to land mm -hmm. in our system. It lands elsewhere. It lands in their, you know, their home clubs in their native countries. It lands. MLS has like seven percent share, I think, of, of TV ratings in the United States. So obviously, there's a there's a huge void in the market. So just. Just to add a little something on that, um, um, not at Steven's level, because I'm not a strategist, but um, for us, for example, as you know, soccer coaches and, and people who feel like, you know, we, we, we look at it, people who look at it with a different perspective coming from Africa and having lived somewhere in Europe and, and coming here to the state. The first thing to do, I believe, is to kill pay to play. That is that is one of the main reasons why, for example, um, you have um, ninety-five percent of you know the talent that you can actually have on the market not being seen. What am I saying by that? You 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 think about club soccer. The kids that are playing club soccer are the ones that can afford it. Most of these talents that you know that are actually streamlining through us for example ghostboro strike eagles you don't pay a dollar to play with us we don't i don't need for you to pay a cent to, to pay for to play with us what we require for you is that discipline and 
and the, the the willing to come to practice and you know the need to actually be fielded on the team and just be a, you know a soccer player then you start seeing these kids popping up from where you don't even know because they didn't have that chance from anywhere else they couldn't play club soccer they didn't have a chance to be looked at by um, a college uh, coach they didn't have a chance to be looked at by uh, a recruiter anywhere else they didn't have a chance to I mean, just pretty much going to end up just playing Sunday leagues until the day they broke a toe or whatever, and it's over, Mm -hmm. you know. If if the system will allow competition to be as broad as letting every single kid that's willing or able to do it play, it would make a huge difference. It would make a big, big, big difference because um, some of the kids just cannot afford to play. They can't. If it continues like this, where you have to, at some level, play over $3,000 a year to play soccer, I don't know. But here, uh, what's, what's really motivating to me, for example, is that if you've looked, if you looked at the... Um, uh, the um, the American soccer uh, map, or how am I gonna call it? You, 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 I mean, I mean, let's say this: if you looked at it five years ago, and you look at it today, just by just look at the national team, there is a big movement that's going on, and you know, it's 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 it's, it's coming to where you know opportunities are being you know a little bit you know, open to, you know, other kids to be able to, uh, to, to play the beautiful game, like we call it. And it's, it's getting better, but there's, there's, there's still a lot of work to do in that area. Yeah, definitely. I want to call out one point. So you mentioned, um, that you guys don't charge a dime for kids to play with you. And I know that that can be resource intensive. So what do teams at your level need in order to continue to, you know, provide kids the ability to play soccer without having to pay? And that is a great question. See, for example, for us to be able to play, you know, you would not believe it. In, 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 for example, the league that we play that Steve got to actually find out about us. Um, it, it, it's like $5,000 a year. I mean, just to play the league. Let's not even talk about, you know, uniforms. Let's not talk about balls. Let's not talk about fields. It, it's it's a whole lot of ball, another ball game. So, what we try to do is, um, you know, seek for sponsorship in you know every single places we can. But just like you know, most of it is going to come out of our pockets. Like Steve was describing it later. Um, it, it's it's just something that we just cannot you cannot help it if you start it, and the sponsorship is not there. Yeah, it's going to have to come out of your pocket. And that's where we struggle sometimes because um, you think about it, you have you have your own, you know, your own family, you have your own stuff going on. And then, um, you know, unfortunately, you know, you have these kids that are looking up at you also to, to make it happen. And, you know, it, it's it's a struggle. But, you know, like you said, it just takes, let's say that there's 30 MLS team, there's however many USL championship team. They can, they, every single team can say, look, here's how we're going to create our pipeline. We will go through uh, this local team to this local youth team to this local youth team. And I think, you know, there's some kind of approach that the, the MLS started that way where they will actually sponsor downstream. Mm-hmm. I think so. I'm not positive. But that's the way they can actually create opportunities for clubs like us to be able to, to stay alive and also opportunities for them to actually be able to access talent easily, not to go anywhere. They just go, okay, here, here's a club that, you know, we drop, you know, how many millions of dollars we make in a year. We drop 20 grand a a year on this club, on this youth club, all the way down to, you know, however age they want to. And then they provide us with opportunity that is only, for us to be able to look at their players and say, yeah, we want this guy so we can bring him in our academy, for example. I mean, it happens everywhere in the world. 
I don't know. I don't. I know you. You know exactly what I'm talking about. I'm more being as far yeah. as you know uh, clubs goes. They they have you know they have uh, clubs that they actually sponsor and you know and those clubs provide them with you know players and 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 and, and whatnot. So yeah. that's the way it can actually help little clubs like Goldsboro and you know. Uh, any other little club that you have that has to um, to struggle to make means, you know, work and, you know, just have a, a little bit of relief, you know, of not thinking about, okay, how are we going to be able to, how are we going to be able to do this next season? Uh, how are we going to be able to do this next tournament? How are we going to be able to afford the next 30 balls? You know, it's, it's, I, I, I think somewhere the, the Giants would have to step up and, you know, look down a little bit and see what exactly we can do to help and, uh, and link, you know, clubs and, and organizations and, 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 and just be the parent organization, for example. Can I jump in real quick on that? Yeah. I think that um, the, the opportunity, though, is, is still not having to be dependent on that kind of, you know, sponsoring club that you, you know, that's different from the rest of the world in that, yes, there are affiliations and interests that clubs have, but like a club could, has the freedom to sell their players to any other club in the world and get paid for it in every other country. So, so you don't have to be dependent on an, a specific club affiliation. You know, there's thousands, tens of thousands of clubs all around the world. And these clubs like Goldsboro Strike Eagles are being denied the opportunity to sell their players to overseas where they can be, you know, conditioned in more rigorous competitive environments and stuff like that. Like there should be pipelines for kids from Goldsboro to be able to to go to, you know, the third division in Latvia or whatever, you know what I mean? Uh, and, and see, test themselves out and see what's possible. Um, and the the structure, you know, provides a profit motive for that to take place. But without, you know, those training compensation solidarity payments, we're stuck with the play to pl- the pay to play system. But like it it works everywhere else. It just it doesn't it doesn't work here because of the the power structure at the top. But it it I want to see a change and I want to provide. And one other thing is the documentaries, right? I also see them as tools for the clubs to, that's grandiose, lofty goals about changing the system, but more tactically in terms of covering that $5,000 in those bags of balls, you know, you have content now, which you can show to potential local investors, you know, like your local, like Lefevre's Dental and, and Zaxby's of Goldsboro, the, you know, the sponsors of, of Goldsboro Strike Eagles, similar local businesses like that. Now I have this video content. Hey, this is what we're about. This is what we're trying to do. Um, and it's a more compelling piece of the pitch deck um, locally so that investors can say, hey, okay, I want to be part of the community. I see what they're doing. I understand it now. You know, here's a check for 10 grand so that, you know, we can get, get a season going. No, that's amazing. That's what it's all about. Um, you know, growing up playing soccer in this system, you know, if I didn't have my parents sacrifice driving hour to and from, who knows if I would be playing at this level. So um, the opportunity that you guys provide, uh, you know, you guys definitely need to be uh, compensated for it too. The ability to sell, sell a player, the ability to provide a player, you know, um, a further step in their career. That's what it's all about, you know. So uh, I'm definitely interested to see how you guys uh, continue to move forward. And with, with that being said, like, what are some like immediate next steps that you guys both have? you know, from a team standpoint and a league standpoint. Who wants to take it? I can go ahead with that. And um, like you said, as a team, I mean, a team standpoint, you know, with being lucky enough to to have come across Steven that, you know, gave us this this boost by like, you, by, you know, you know, film, you know, filming this and putting it out there and letting people see it. Um, the hope is that you know people would be more interested not only not only you know 
for being sponsors, but at the local level, people will be more enthusiastic on coming to see games, for example. Mm -hmm. And, and you know, that maybe that $5 at the door that they will pay uh, would make that difference and that we won't have, to, you know, the need to go and knock at anybody's doors and go, hey, look, uh, what is it that you can do to help us for this season? And then maybe we can, we can be self-sufficient, you know? And, you know, with, with that said, you know, it, it's for us also to better ourselves as, you know, organizations, you know, you, you, you already, you have a name out there now, what is it that you need to do uh, as far as an organization to, 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 to show the people that, Hey, look, uh, this is what we are about. And it's nothing else but that. And that uh, whatever you about is something positive, you know, it, it's something, you know, uplifting, something that, you know, in the community, it will bring a plus. And I think it's a selling point for little clubs like that uh, to to be able to um, uh, to to, sh to show that, hey, look, we're working um, as hard as we can uh, on and off the field to make these kids better. Um, yeah. Whether they end up being uh, professional soccer players or not, we know that at least... Uh, character and you know um uh, uh you know good good sportsmanship and all these little things that you can you can put into a young man to become a good citizen we're doing that too so it's not only um it's not only about the the the, the struggle on the field or the soccer part but you know the holistic part of that person that we're trying to actually build a good citizen and you know whether the system would change and, you know, whether it would be as, you know, as open as we want to with, you know, the optimism of guys like Steven and the work on of Jamisha and, you know, Tucson, whether it would get to that point or not, um, at least, you know, we did our part. You know, that that is the main thing that, you know, as a person and as, you know, as a, as a, and as as somebody who is trying to support uh, youth, uh, you you got to be able to stand for that. Hey, look, I did my part. Uh, whether uh, you know I became I become a a known person or not, at least you know I believe that with what we did tomorrow, somebody else will take the lead and try to do the same thing and better. Yeah, you know it, it's. It's it's just like they say, you gotta stand on other people's shoulders. So hopefully, you know, that's what's gonna happen. You know, repetitively, you go, you gonna have people that you know, will come out and say, "Hey, look, the system is not the way it's supposed to be." In order to make this thing better, we have to go this way. I know these guys went that way; they failed, yeah. But I will go that way because it's the right way, and we keep building up. I guarantee you. Yeah. Uh, you know, at some point it will be it will be something different. Building on top of one another, I think. That's good. Yeah, that. for sure. And that's that's actually one of our missions here uh, at Two Cents Sports, but specifically Two Cents FC is um, we want we want to help grow the game and give access to the game um, to underprivileged kids. So we'll, we'll definitely link up offline. Uh, Steve, Yakubu, we'll link up and you know figure something out. See see how we can get involved as well. Absolutely. And talking about that local relevance, one of the things that that we've been doing in, in promoting this doc is, you know, Facebook is is amazing tool when it comes to you know targeted advertising and the kind of granularity that you can can put together. So I've been pushing this doc in a variety of different overlapping profiles, and a, a lot of these different profiles I've been pushing are like geographical in Goldsboro. You know, in North, I have like a North Carolina soccer fan bucket. I have like a North Carolina under 40 soccer fan bucket, you know, to try to get like the chatter of the existing soccer community. Then I also have a Goldsboro non-soccer hyper local bucket that I'm pushing it out into and like just to get it resonating in the city itself. Um, then like a slightly wider regional bucket. So that's kind of been the strategy in, in terms of spreading this doc around and how we've got it pushing 60,000 views in, in three weeks. Um, it has been just like uh, being really strategic in trying to get it out to the right people who will care about it. 
because I could easily put a small pile of money behind dumping it to soccer fans in the United States or, you know, soccer fans in the world and drive up a bunch of numbers to people who could spend, you know, some people aren't going to watch the whole 20 minutes, but even if they watch three to five minutes of it, great, that's a view. But what's, what are they really going to act on? What are they going to do with that other than spend those, you know, five to 20 minutes watching the doc? But if I target it to people in Goldsboro and I target it to people in Wayne County um, and surrounds, then, you know, we can drive relevance for the club and the community digitally to hope to have a greater chance of translating that to people walking through the gate and paying five bucks. No, exactly. Um, I, I, I personally love the fact that you guys are, you know, staring, sharing your story. I mean, me and Elle have talked about it numerous times that more soccer teams need to share their story. So I want to give it back to Jamisa because uh, I feel like we've been giving. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we had to give her some time too. Um, what other projects do you have? Like you know, you've done a soccer documentary now. Are you like, would you want to do more in the future? Uh, I know L probably gonna hit you up after this about some <laughs> some things in, in the works. I'm sure I would definitely like to do more. Um, I will. I will. I really want to do short films. Like that's where I feel like I'm about to start getting into because that's the reason why. I picked up the camera in the first place back in 2012. But, you know, like, I feel like documentaries just gave me more practice and more avenue to get noticed and just to keep my, uh, so I could be boundless, you know, like being able to touch on many different avenues. But that's, I feel like that's not for me, short films. No, yeah, I'd love to see that, especially in the soccer space. Um, from the, um, the United States standpoint, I don't think we see enough. So um, it's exciting. I'm definitely going to tap into you guys' documentary. Um, and it's important, you know, to get behind the story. That's what it's all about. Definitely. Yeah, for sure. All right. So let's now let's switch gears a little bit. We're going to jump into um, one of our favorite segments of the show. Uh, no card, yellow card, red card. So for those who aren't familiar, this is a rapid fire segment of the, of the show where I'll shoot off a couple of topics and our guests, as well as a Moby, will um, give their opinion on the, on said topics using the soccer card system. So no card is obviously I, I, I'm in agreement. I'm in agreement. Um, yellow card is I can go either way. Um, and red card is I disagree. So um, each topic I give out. I want you guys to give your card rating as well as your reasoning behind giving that card rating. All right. Everybody got it? Yep. All right, cool. So first one. No card, yellow card, red card. Tony Cruz critical words towards Pierre Emerick Aubameyang's celebration. So if you're not familiar, Tony Cruz in an article or on a podcast actually uh, criticized Pierre Emerick Aubameyang um, <laughs> for his celebration saying that you know, those types of celebrations aren't, you know, reflective of being a good role model. So, Yakuba, I'll, I'll let you go first. Obama Young celebrations. Um, see, look, soccer is a really emotional game. Um, I, I, I think uh, um, for a player uh, as, 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 you know, as good as Obama Young, I think I think or oh, playing in the premiership in, in in England, I think we ought you know he ought to be able to celebrate the way he wants to. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, I, look, I, I'm I'm no caught there. So I think Steve, I would say, oh sorry. I give a red card to Tony Cruz and say, you know, shut up and mind your business. And you know what I mean? It sounds like a Republican to me. Uh, get him out of here. You have no say. It's just, who cares what you have to say? Your time's come, passed. Shut up. All right, <laughs> All right Jamisa, what you think? I'm gonna go with Steve. <laughs> she gonna follow Steve. She not, 
you're not tapped right. into Tony Cruz. Oh yeah, uh, uh, I gotta go. Red card. I mean, Tony Cruz. He's been talking spicy lately, like on a number of issues. According to, um, he didn't only include. He didn't just say a, a bummy, and he was talking about Royce as well too. But yeah, he uh, that that deserves a red card. Like you don't even play in the same league as him, so you barely play against him. Uh, it's just not needed. You got uh, you played for Real Madrid, where you got guys on your team celebrating as well. So. Yeah, it's not. I'm gonna have to get that red car. Okay. Okay. All right. So next one, no card, yellow card, red card. International MLS players playing games before the playoffs. So you know it's it's the international break right now. Um, what do you think about these international MLS players playing right before playoffs? Well, you cool. Be cool. I let you go. Yeah, well, you know, um, national pride, you know, and that's the thing, that's the reason why the FIFA's got it ruled like this. It, you know, it's really difficult for, for, for players to actually even refuse to do it. Um, uh, Moby, you might have a lot to say about that. Um, I think, I think, you know, national pride, it's something that, you know, every single player, um, no matter what level you are, it's 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 very special um wearing a national team jersey being out there not just representing your club but representing your country uh it's uh it's it's something really 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 um it's it's special so i would say yeah i would say no call Okay, Steve. I would say no card to the players. You know, you know, probably can predict what I'm gonna say. Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, you know, these the best players should be testing themselves in Europe. You know, if MLS was aligned with the world calendar, this wouldn't even be an issue in the first place. You know, MLS really means nothing. It's basically an intramural league, all run by one single entity. So, I mean, all these players... Tell them how you really feel, Steve. Yeah, they should be be themselves. And it is mostly international-based lineup in this window anyway. So it's really... I don't even know who specifically that even applies to right now. But um, most players, if all they're playing is MLS, they're probably not stealing themselves for the rigors of the international game in the first place. So, MLS, keep to yourself. Um, no card for the players. Ooh. All right, what you think, Jamisa? Um, as far as being someone that used to play sports, I think playing before the playoffs keeps you fresh, but it's also prone to injuries. So... I guess yellow card. <laughs> okay. Oh, fair enough. Yeah. Ooh, we're gonna have to have like a rant, a rant segment for Steve. It's spicy. It's spicy. Uh, yeah, I'm going yellow card. Um, yeah. So obviously the U.S. men's national team they decided to go against calling MLS players, but some of the other countries uh, were like, forget that, and they called their players in. So, um, you know. Like Yakuba said, like whenever you get called into the national team, you're not saying no. It's the, the sense of pride. Uh, you can have like a game the next day. You just don't say no. Um, so the players, yeah, I'm not giving a car for them. But if MLS and FIFA and everything was kind of aligned, obviously this year is kind of all over the place with everything going on. Um, yeah, so I'm going to give it the yellow card. Okay. All right, next up. No card, yellow card, red card. CR7 possibly going back to Man United. How do you rate this move or potential move? Well, here's what I can tell you. I will give it a red card. (laughs) There is... I'm, um... I'm, I'm a fan of CR7. Um... But uh, but but at this point in time, um, I don't think he will he will be um, he will be the answer to uh, what Man United is going through. Um, uh, they they you know they have a they have a um, a stiff um, a stiff incline to actually get on top of. I I I I'll give I give it a red card. Um, 
and I don't believe he would actually do that movie. Red card. <laughs> okay. Steve. I'm kind of split because Man United need help, right? They really need help. They need help anywhere they can get it. But I mean, the best place for Ronaldo to go is probably like a jail cell in Vegas, right? <laughs> <laughs> With the charges against him. But um, boy, talking spicy. I, I kind of like. I kind of <laughs> like it. I, they need help anywhere they can get it, and whatever they're doing now just is not working. So, like, I could see a real reasonable case for for him to to go if they back the money truck up. Like, maybe he should go. But I'm going to give it a yellow because you can see both sides. All right. Jamisa, what you think? Honestly, I'm not even sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, respect, respect the honesty. Uh, all right, I'll go. Uh, first and foremost, we might have to get like a. Uh, oh, we gotta use your skills. We make a jailhouse jailhouse FC shirt with Cristiano <laughs> on it. Let Steve use his advertising skills to promote that. Uh, hey, let's I'm, do it. I'm going yellow card. Uh, Man, you they need they need help in more ways than one. They need to get rid of uh, management, uh, front office execs. Um, obviously, Cristiano would be good. Like the story and then you know obviously his talent's still there he'd only can play number nine but marcus rashford is there so um yeah i'm gonna just give it a yellow card i don't think it's gonna happen yeah i don't think he comes with Ole's the manager anyway nah, so. yeah all right last one no card yellow card red card usa ties zero zero with wells how do you think the progress is Cooper, I'll let you go. Well, you know, like I said, you know, you can you can look at the the the, the U.S. team five years ago and look at it today. Um, there's there's definitely a little bit of progress um, as as far as you know the the roster goes, and you know, I don't know what you're associated with, but you know, it, it's 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 getting better. Um, Time with Wells, I don't think we should have a, you know, we should, you know, we should, I don't know, but I don't think it should be, it should be a, too much of a big deal. I don't think it should be underlooked either. It's, it's, I see yellow card. I see, you know, it can, it can go both ways. Okay. See? So I watched I watched the game and um, I had my laptop on me trying to do work like at the minimal required bit while I was watching the game. But um, I say no card. I really agree with having all these kids out there playing together. I agree with you know scouting every corner of every U.S. eligible citizen who could possibly be put on the roster. I agree with like aggressive recruitment of those players, getting players like Musa into the into the uh, system to try and, you know, convince him and make the case. Um, like uh, Odisoe, like all these different players, Cardozo, you know, like this is what they should be doing. They should be scouring the edges of the earth for any player who's got talent and could, and the U.S. is in such a unique position because we have citizens all over the world um, it, a lot of other countries just don't have that. So we should be taking advantage of it. We should be bringing all these kids in when they're young and getting you know, excited playing together. Um, it's just a great thing. So I don't think, I don't put any pressure on a 0-0 tie with Wales on a friendly and empty stadium. Like it just is what it is. And I've seen so much worse. You know, last US game that I was at, I went to that game in London where they got slapped around um, <laughs> a couple years ago. <laughs> It was disgusting, you know, and uh, actually I had a little, I got kicked out of Wembley Stadium actually because um, there was some some joker in a MAGA hat in front of me and I, and I in the U.S. section and I got up in his face and, and uh, the stewards came and escorted me out. So, but by that time it was already like four nothing or I don't know what the final was, four or five nothing. But uh, yeah, I think it's nothing but good things to come to see 
this crop of players come through together. And I'm very optimistic, finally, about for the future of the U.S. national team. Nice, nice. Yeah, what you say, Jamisa? No card. Okay, I'll go. Yeah, I'll go. No card too. Um, yeah, Moose is a baller. Uh, I think it's important to get those talents involved. Um, it's still early. I mean, we haven't seen the national team play for some time. Um, some guys are getting reintegrated after some injuries. Um, yeah, so I mean, it's too early to tell, but it's it's good to see the young talent come in. So I'll say no card. Um, I would hope that you know. I still don't think we have that player that's. I can just get the ball and like break someone down and score a goal. But in terms of quality players, you know, it's from top to bottom. It's a, it's a lot better. Yeah. And they're playing in competitive leagues week in, week out. So that's a, yeah. another plus. As well. Yeah. Jurgen Klinsmann is owed an apology because the way people talk about him, uh, the team now, like, oh, everyone's playing in Europe. Everyone's playing in Europe. Uh, when he was coaching, it was like, well, you don't have to play in Europe. It's like, all right. So you guys got to pick one. It's crazy how media works, but. That's another story. Well, I'm here until I die over here. <laughs> yeah, real, reality is that, you know, you know, you just said it. At, at one point or another, somebody would have to talk about that. We, Jorgen Klinsman was not. He was, he, he he's owed an apology. Yeah. A huge one. Um, I mean, and that's one of the reasons why I would go yellow card because, I mean, you go from a Jorgen Klinsmann to, you know, to, I don't, I'm no, I don't have any problem with, you know, the coach right now, but it's, it's a totally different, um, landscape. Um, that, you know, it's a totally different input that, you know, some, some guys like Jorgen Klinsmann can bring in that, you know, it, it's still going to be needed. Uh, him, he was in the middle of his work and he had to go and we got to put up with that, but, I don't know. We'll see what's going to happen. Yeah. I think it's interesting, too, because, I mean, I feel like, you know, as Americans, we just, we like to do things different. You know, soccer, football, like, we're not listening to FIFA. So, hearing someone like Jurgen say all these things, it's like, uh, no. But, you know, someone like Greg Berhalter, who's, you know, from America, but played overseas and coached overseas and coached here. And then now he's saying it, it's like, oh, wait, yeah, you're right. It's like, yeah, you're right. But someone else was saying this, too. So we could have, like, got in front of it ahead of time. But, um, you know, that's water on the bridge. Hopefully we can learn from it and keep developing these kids. Yeah. And I'm glad uh, I'm glad you brought that uh, that that American perspective of seeing things. It, it's just like, you know, when you're not on the sideline, like the, uh, the football coach um, screaming and yelling and directing traffic in the field you're not coaching <laughs> I, I mean in soccer you you see here's what I, here's what I told them I say I personally never played in the stadium with over 60,000 uh fans but but the, the the biggest I played was like I think 35,000 fans so you can't even hear the guy near you there's not there's none that you can hear from a coach giving you instructions on the field Mm-hmm. The, that's not the way soccer works. You don't, see, you know, you can't. It's 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 just not the way you coach soccer. It's not because yeah. you're yelling at the kid that he's gonna play better, you know. But right. you know, we we have a way of looking. It's not bad, but I'm just saying it's, you know, we have to understand that certain things are different. They are different, and we need to take out a perspective. And you know, that's the beauty of America. You know, diversity, and you know. We have a lot of uh, a lot of perspectives that you know can come together, and and that's the beauty of this country, and it will make things better. Um, it, it's not only a one way thing, you know. It's yeah. not. Oh, that's good. I mean, that, uh, you want to close it? Yeah. So that's our show for this week. Uh, make sure you guys subscribe, rate, and review. It helps us get discovered. Follow us on all the socials. At two cents FC, where can we follow? Uh, where can they follow Goldsboro, um, Golds, Goldsboro Strike Eagles on the socials? What's the the handle? Yeah, yeah, we 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 have our website Goldsboro Strike Eagles um, FC, and then um, we on Instagram, we on Facebook, we on Twitter. Um, 
Steve actually hooked us up on all these things. He's like, guy, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta be on on social media. So thank right. you, Steve, and uh, um, we really appreciate everything that you did. And uh, I, I wanna, I wanna take this this opportunity also to thank Tucson FC for you know having us on the show and and then trying to put some light on you know the the darkest part of soccer here in uh, in America. Um, it was a pleasure to talk to you, Amobi. We we read about you, we see you, but you know we, we, we you know it's a it's a pleasure to be actually able to talk to you. L, thank you very much. Thank you, Jamisha. Thank you for your work. <laughs> thank you, thank you. It was a pleasure working with you. Um, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, Steve, where can we find uh, Non League America? Absolutely, you can follow us on Twitter at Non League USA. That's where we're most active on Twitter. We also have Instagram at Non League America, where we're going to be ramping up even more in 2021. Um, we're, we have com. We're going to be doing a revamp uh, of that website coming up in 2021 for sure. Um, and, you know, Facebook at Non League USA as well. You can view all our full length documentaries on the Facebook page or on YouTube. You just search Non League America on YouTube, it'll pop up. Um, and that's that's what it is. Cool, appreciate it. Jamisa, where can we find you and where, where can we see your work? Um, I have my work on my page. Uh, it's Miss TV, I T Z M I S TV. You can find me on Twitter at Jamisa, J A M I S A N A. Um, I want to thank y'all for having me. Um, shout out to Steve, shout out to Coach. And shout out to you, Steve, for standing up to that mega hat guy. <laughs> um, yeah, started. it was a pleasure to talk with you guys. I know I don't know much about soccer, but I enjoy filming it. Yeah, our pleasure. Thank you for coming on. So definitely follow all of them. Uh, check out our merch at twocentssports.shop. It helps support the show. Check out the hat I'm wearing. Um, got some other good stuff on there as well. Uh, tweet us your comments on the show or any topics that you want to discuss and we'll catch y'all next week peace out peace thank you so much thank you thank you